Again, glad that you're here. Why don't we tell them thanks for our lunch. Great job on our... As always, and I always want to remind you, every single week, remind you, uh, as you go through the week, be thinking about who you can invite to join you at the Men's Power Lunch. Uh, every single week, awesome lunch, uh, awesome price for the lunch. You're not going to beat that anywhere. And, and a time to come and hear what God has said in his word. It means what it looks like to be a, a man who endeavors to follow Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. So I want you to be thinking about who you can invite every week. And I, and I say it, it's very simple math. If everybody here will bring one person, we'll double every single week. And so you, you grab somebody and bring them with you when you come to the men's lunch. Today is the men's power lunch before Easter. And, and you probably know all that and, and, and you're starting to think about that. And in all of the things that we'll do this week, all the things that we'll do this weekend, all of the things that we'll observe this week and that we'll celebrate uh, this weekend, I, I want to today on this day, the, the, the men's lunch before Easter, I want to really pull out one word and think about that word. I want to focus on one word today, really setting the tone uh, for, our, for our celebration of Easter moving through the next couple of days. Uh, one word to focus on this Easter and that word is the word resurrection. Resurrection. Resurrection, uh, in the original language, in the Greek language, it literally means uh, to stand again. It could mean to rise up, but it means literally to stand again. It holds the meaning to exist again or to live again. And in this context, it always refers to, uh, listen to this, a physical resurrection of the body. Uh, it means to stand again. That's the literal translation. But it always means in this context a physical resurrection of the body. Understand today, be clear on this, it is not a spiritual resurrection. There are some who teach it is a spiritual resurrection. They would teach that Christ died in his body and that he then becomes a spirit. Well, if you think about that, that's not a resurrection. Uh, that would be a transformation. You are one thing and you die and you become another thing. You're transformed. Uh, that, that is not what we believe as Christians. We believe in a resurrection. A resurrection is to be alive, physically alive, to die, to physically die, and then to be alive again. Friends, be very sure today, the foundation of Christianity is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I can't say that heavily enough. I can't make that more profound than it is. The foundation of what we believe as followers of Jesus Christ, the foundation of Christianity is the actual, historical, physical resurrection of Jesus Christ. It actually happened. It is historical. It happened at a point in time, and it was his physical bodily resurrection. Jesus of Nazareth was actually physically alive. He actually physically died on the cross of Calvary, and he was actually physically resurrected. Jesus Christ is alive again. Now, I want us to think about that today. Not in superstition, not in some, some folk Lord, not in some fable. Well, we, we believe this and we say this. I'm not sure if that's actually possible. No, that's not it. Jesus was actually physically resurrected. Now, the truth is that is what separates us from all of the other religions 
in the world. All the other religions that have, have come and some exist and some have come and gone throughout the ages. Now think about this today. Buddha, he is dead in his grave. Muhammad, the founder of Islam, he is dead in his grave. Confucius, the founder of Taoism, uh, he may have said some very profound things. People want to say, well, Confucius says this. He may have said some very profound things, but his voice is now silent and dead in his grave. Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon cult, uh, perverting the truth of what we believe of Jesus Christ, he may have changed it. He may have built that system. He is today dead in his grave. Charles Taze Russell, he takes our Bible. He sets it aside. He rewrites it as the New World Translation, prints his own Bible, the founders of the Jehovah's Witnesses. He is dead in his grave. But listen to me today. Jesus of Nazareth was born in Bethlehem. He was raised in Galilee. He was crucified on a hill outside of Jerusalem. And he is alive today. It all comes back to this resurrection. I want to show you some verses today. We're going to look at some verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I want you to think about the context of what's happening there in this, this church in Corinth. And then really think about what's happening in our world today as well. There in the church in Corinth, uh, there are some things that are happening. There's some, some worldly things that are creeping back into the church. There's sexual immorality that's, that's creeping back into the church. But there are evidently are some also there in the church who had started to say that there was no resurrection of the dead. Now, they would say there is no resurrection of the dead because it is impossible. Well, let me just tell you, it is impossible. There is no resurrection from the dead because it's too unbelievable. Well, let me just go ahead and be clear. It is unbelievable. Or they start to say, and it's probably based upon those reasons, that, well, the resurrection from the dead really doesn't matter. It's really not necessary for our faith. We can cling to the idea of Jesus Christ. We can cling to the promises of Jesus Christ. We can talk about the teachings of Jesus Christ, but really an actual resurrection, that's so absurd, an actual resurrection is not going to be that important. And to that, Paul begins to write. Now, I want you to think about us today. How many people would say, well, Jesus was a great teacher, well, Jesus taught us some great things. Gandhi would say that. Well, we have some great truths there in the Beatitudes. But you know what? I can't put my hope in a resurrected person that was dead who is now living again. Isn't that the same today? Well, Paul writes to them and he tells them some things about the resurrection. Let me start off in verse 12. 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 12. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead... How do some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? There's some consequences to this. Verse 13. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. Verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, he's going to start to talk about what that means. He's going to start to talk about the impact if Jesus has not actually, physically, historically been resurrected. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith also is in vain. He starts off and he says, if Christ has not been raised, the first thing we see, then our preaching is in vain. The word for vain means empty. 
It means hollow. Another translation says void. Paul says if there is no resurrection, if Jesus Christ has not been resurrected from the dead, Paul says, then all of my preaching. Now, I want you to think about Paul. He's traveling around preaching. He's risking his own neck to preach the word of God. He's going to have his head cut off for his preaching. And he says, if Jesus has not been resurrected from the dead, then all of his preaching, in fact, all preaching, every sermon ever preached everywhere, every word that's ever been spoken from a pulpit, it is hollow and there is no point to any of it. That's what Paul says. Friends, listen, that is the message. And I'll just go ahead and tell you this, it's the only message. Sometimes our pulpits get distorted and we're preaching things from the pulpit that weren't supposed to be the message that we have from Jesus Christ. Listen, the message is Jesus crucified. Jesus crucified for the sins of sinful people. Jesus put in a borrowed grave. Jesus resurrected and living. That is the message that we preach. Paul says that is the payment for our sin. That is the righteousness of Christ that we become by faith in Jesus Christ. The message is Jesus lives a sinful, sinless life, dies in our place, is put in a grave, and he is resurrected. He says if there's no resurrection, all this is empty. Second thing he says this. If there is no resurrection, he says this. Our preaching is vain. He says your faith is vain. Your faith is vain. If Jesus is dead, Paul says, your faith is empty. Your faith is hollow. He's telling them, if, if Jesus has not been raised from the dead, there is no point to your faith. Now listen to me today. In our culture, 2018 today, and man, you can, you can turn on the TV, you can listen to the news you can listen to the language we use, even sometimes in our churches today. People talk about faith. People really kind of have an affinity for faith. They, they love faith. And you hear people say, you know what, I wouldn't have made it if it weren't for my faith. And that shooting at the school, the way I endured it was through my faith. And people talk about faith. And they talk about our faith and, and my faith. And then they talk about our community of faith. And then they talk about faith-based things. We have a faith-based group or a faith-based initiative. Listen to me. That means nothing. Anybody can profess faith. Muslims profess faith. Mormons have faith. But our faith as Christians is in the risen Savior and his name is Jesus Christ. If he is not risen, your faith is empty. Our faith is in a resurrected Savior, Jesus. If we stop here, we ought to just blow out of here and say, our faith holds, our faith is secure. It's in a risen, resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 15. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if, in fact, the dead are not raised. Verse 15 says, Paul says, if he is not alive, if there is no resurrection, then we are false witnesses. In, in our language, he says, if, if there's not a resurrection, we're liars. Now, it's even, it's even more grave than that. Not only are we liars, we have falsely testified. We have testified wrongly. We've lied about God. 
We said it was the power of God that walked Jesus out of a grave. If this hasn't happened, we're not only liars, we've lied about God. Verse 16. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. Verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Huge verse, verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Now, see this. If there is no resurrection, if Christ is not raised, I don't care how impossible it seems. I don't care how far-fetched it seems. I don't care how hard it is to believe. If there is no resurrection, your faith, Bible says, is worthless. Now, I want you to see something here. Just a minute ago, he said, if there is no resurrection, your faith is vain. Well, doesn't that mean the same thing? It's worthless over here. It's empty over there. Listen, there's, there's two different words here. In this word, it, it is a word that means having no value. If, you, if he's not raised, your faith is empty over here. He says, if, if he's not raised, your faith is worthless. It holds no value. It literally translates this. It produces no result. It's worthless. The Bible says by faith we're saved. Not of works lest any man should boast. The Bible says by faith we become children of God, not children of wrath. The Bible says by faith we have eternal life. It is by believing in Jesus Christ that we have eternal life. The Bible says by faith we know God through his son Jesus Christ. The Bible says in faith we become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so Paul says here, if, the, if Jesus is dead, if he is not risen, if there were not a resurrection, your faith is not only empty, your faith is not only vain, it has no value. You are not saved, you're lost. If he's not been risen from the dead, you're not a child of God, you're an enemy of God. If he's not been raised from the dead, you have not eternal life. You have eternal condemnation, death without end. Start to see why it's a big deal that there's a resurrection. If, if there's not a resurrection, you're lost. If there's not a resurrection, you're not a child of God. You're an enemy of God. Why? The rest of the verse. You are still in your sin. If Jesus has not been raised, if he's not been resurrected, you are still in your sins. Now, men, that ought to make you shudder. That ought to make us shudder. Every wrong you've ever committed is listed against your account. Do you understand that? Every wrong. He hasn't missed any of that. Every wrong is listed against your count. Every evil and wicked thing stands against you. Every wicked and vile and evil thing stands against you. Every vile and shameful act, even your thoughts, they are attached to your record. If there is no resurrection, you are a sinner, but you're standing in that sin. You're soaking in that sin. You're shamed in that sin. More than that, you're condemned in that sin and your punishment for sin, God's punishment for sin, awaits on you. If there is no resurrection, you are still in 
your sins. Verse 18. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. He continues on with the list. If there is no resurrection, if, there, if he's not risen, if he's not alive, now listen to this. Those who have died professing faith in Jesus Christ. Listen. Your child who has died professing faith in Jesus Christ. Your spouse who has died professing faith in Jesus Christ. Your beloved parents who have died professing faith in Jesus Christ. Your old grandmother that you love so much who had a faith in Jesus Christ. If there is no resurrection, he says this, they have perished. The word perished means met their destruction, been destroyed. That means this. If there is no resurrection, you'll not see them again. If there is no resurrection, if he's not risen from the dead, there's no reunion that's coming. I want to tell you, I look forward to a day that I see Jesus. I look forward to praising him, but I look forward to a day of reunion. I look forward to seeing my dad. If there is no resurrection, there is no reunion coming. There is no hope. If there is no resurrection, if he's not risen from the grave, the grave has won. Sin's effect, death is final. They have perished and that is the reality. What a day that will be when my Savior I shall see. You'll not see him if there is no resurrection, if he's not raised. Verse 19. If we have hoped, here it sums it up. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. How sad. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. If there is no resurrection, our preaching is in vain. There's no reason for any of it. If there is no resurrection, your faith is empty. It's absolutely hollow. If there is no resurrection, you are, we are liars standing and testifying lies about God. If there is no resurrection, you are and I am, we are lost without God. Let that soak in. If there is no resurrection, you stand today guilty in your sin. If there is no resurrection, if he's not raised, your loved ones today are cold in their graves. You have no hope, absolutely no hope at all. Oh, but listen to me today. After he paints all of that picture, listen to verse 20. It says this, listen, but now Christ has been raised from the dead. Did you hear that? But now Christ has been raised from the dead. Our preaching, it leads people to Jesus Christ. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Our faith, it still holds today. It is secure in Jesus Christ. Our sins are carried far away and we bear them no more having been nailed to the cross. Our saved loved ones, they are in heaven right now. Our hope still stands, but now Christ has been raised from the dead. Listen to me, praise God. The testimony of Easter is he is not here for he has risen, he is alive. One word, resurrection. A couple days we're gonna go and we're gonna celebrate a savior, a Lord, King, all resurrected, Jesus Christ. Listen to me today. If you've never put your hope in Jesus Christ, 
If you've never said, no, he's my Lord. And I profess it with my mouth because I believe it in my heart. You're lost. There is no hope. But I want to tell you the good news of this day and of, and of every day we have until he comes again. His grace is offered to us. And on this day, you can say, you know what? I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry for my sin. But I know that God sent his only begotten son. He lives a life without sin. He goes to an actual cross and he dies not in a fable, but he dies in reality in my place, your place. The Bible says by his stripes, by his beating, we are healed. He's talking about our sinful condition. Put him in a grave. He's dead. And three days later, they come when the sun comes up. And they start to come and they wonder who's going to roll a stone away. And they get there and it's already rolled away. And they look in and they see a book of Mark says a young man sitting there dressed in white. And he says, do not be confused. Do not be amazed. He is not here. He is risen. If you'll put your faith in Jesus, today you can leave saved. I want to tell you the point to all this is this. There's still hope in Jesus Christ. There's still grace offered in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can settle it today. If you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, we just tell God, you know what, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I believe in Christ as my Savior. I profess him as my Lord. And the best I know how, I'm going to follow him as my Lord and Savior. The Bible says if that's your heart, you will be saved. Romans 10, 9, 10, 13, you will be saved. If you've never done that, I want to encourage you, do that today. Settle that today. Right where you sit, settle that today. Let me tell you something else. You read all the gospel accounts. Once they see he's risen, what's the first thing they do? They book it out of there and go tell somebody else. Somebody you know needs to know Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you take this and share it with them? I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead this in a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Glad you were here today. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for a risen, resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, our hope is pinned on him. Lord, our salvation is secure and based upon him. I'm thankful for a lamb of God that took my sins and of no sin of his own, no fault of his own, bore it to the cross of Calvary, died in my place for my shame and my wickedness, my sin. I'm thankful that by faith in him resurrected from the grave, a stamp that the payment's been received, that I can be saved that I can know God, that I can be in fellowship, that it can be restored. I pray for men in this room that today maybe don't know Jesus Christ. I pray that in the, the preaching of the gospel, the hearing of your word, that today would be the day of their salvation. I pray as we leave here, that we would understand most folks, many folks around us do not have a relationship with Christ. I pray we would tell them. And then I pray this. I pray today we're rejoicing but I pray on Easter Sunday morning, on the day we've set aside to mark a resurrected Savior, I pray that worship and praise and exaltation of our Savior Jesus would rise up. And just like the smoke of the Old Testament offerings as it rose up and it was pleasing in your sight, I pray that on Sunday you would truly be worshiped. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.